Hey, it's a mom podcast. I am Joel here with my dad. And I'm Rick. Hey, so it's a podcast where we talk about stuff I learned from my dad growing up. We've been doing this for a few years now. And, uh, but right now we're in the process of, um, I've got a book coming out March the 14th called Connecting the Dots, What God is Doing When Life Doesn't Make Sense. And what we've been doing is we've actually been pa- unpacking each of the chapters in the book. There's 10 chapters and we're right now we're about, uh, eight weeks away from the launch. So each of these chapters, uh, each of these podcast episodes, we're talking about one of the concepts in the in the book. Uh, the book's overall concept is that God is always at work in your life. Uh, most of the time you don't see it or understand it until you look backwards, but there's definitely a pattern to the way he works. And he works in seasons, and each season has these consistent patterns. And the pattern starts uh, with, with a, a turning point moment. That's what we talked about last episode where this is moment where everything changes. It's uh, the birth of a child, marriage. Sometimes it's stuff you expected. Sometimes you didn't expect it. Yeah. Um, sometimes people talk about you know the struggle of the first time they saw something that became an addiction for them. That was a turning point in their life. So there's all these turning points. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. But in that moment when the turning point happens, we have a decision to make whether we're going to become a, a victim or we're going to choose to take on the adventure. And, and oftentimes the difference in how you see the experience, it's just really whether you turn on that part of your brain, if you see it as an adventure, your brain goes into learning mode rather than survival mode. And learning mode is what can make all the difference. You say, I'm not sure what God's doing here, but I know there's something he's going to teach me. And in, in every story, you know, the pattern that we see in every story is there's this turning point. Luke Skywalker finds the droids. Uh, Dorothy gets thrown over the rainbow. And the character has to decide if they're going to have courage and move toward the adventure, if they're going to try and run from it. And so courage is the second stage in any journey. And I, I know courage is an interesting one because courage in, 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 in basically indicates that there's some level of fear. And mm-hmm. I've discovered in counseling through years and years of counseling with people that a lot of people don't like to acknowledge their fear. Um, they, you know, they'll call it, well, caution or, uh, you know, I'm just, I, I have some concerns. Yeah. And until you acknowledge you've got fear, um, you really can't move forward if you don't call it what it is. And fear, you know, in the book, I talk about four kinds of fear. One is analysis paralysis. And a lot of times people in the, in the name of planning, preparation, mm-hmm. they say, well, I've researched it. I've done all this research and it just seems like it's not going to be wise to do this. Um, and But yet, you know, something deep within you is calling you to do it. But you look at, you Google too much. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's best to go in blind, you know? Yeah. Uh, another one is feeling unqualified or disqualified. And a lot of people, you know, they just feel like I'm not qualified to do this. When I started doing outdoor adventures, um, I would get letters from people all the time and they'd be like, who are you certified through? And I, I'm not certified through anybody, right? Like, God, like God certified <laughs> me. And what I came to discover is people are actually trying to figure out how I do what I do. And they think you need some sort of certification because they weren't qualified to do it. Yeah. And so I say, sometimes our fear is feeling unqualified or disqualified, like we've made too many mistakes. Another fear is a fear of looking foolish or failing, which honestly, that's just pride. Uh, anytime you start something new, you're going to look foolish. And then another one is the fear of the, the right timing, uh, which is I get there is, there is timing. Timing is an important thing, but oftentimes God will ask you to do something that seems like the worst possible time. You say, man, once we've got a little more money in the bank, once the kids are out of the house, That'll be the right timing for it. And then another one that I've seen oftentimes that shows up is fear fear of opposition. We just feel like if we get any pushback, that must be, you know, we think if God's behind this, he'll just blow open all the doors. But I've found oftentimes that uh, opposition is a sign that's actually the direction you need to go. Yeah. So there, those are some of the fears I've seen. I mean, there's all sorts of f- faces of fear, uh, but you got to acknowledge the fear of stepping out into the unknown. You got to acknowledge uh 
the the fear of what what this is going to mean for you. And if until you get that, uh, and you're not going to be able to move forward into all that God has for you. And every new season requires a different kind of courage. Hmm, interesting. You know, I think on some of those, you're talking about like uh, the analysis paralysis. I think of, you know, Peter, the, the classic of him stepping out of the boat, you know. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of analysis there. No, he, didn't have, he didn't have any way to Google it or anything. You know, he just says, if that's you, bid me come. And he steps out. And I'm thinking he probably got out there and what the heck am I doing out here? You know, And that's like when he, he started to sink. Yeah. yeah, he begins thinking about it later, you know. And so sometimes, um, I think you know, you and I, of course, have, have different perspectives on things. You know, with me, I just sort of step out and figure, ah, it's going to be okay. It'll work out if I figure out. And, you know, you're kind of, you're you're more one who's going to analyze it and check oh, out all yeah. things that happen. And I'm kind of like, ah, who knows what's going to happen? We don't know until we get there. So let's go. We'll figure it out, you know. And so it uh, it's a different, different people approach things different ways. And I don't, you know, like with me, I don't see myself as a particularly courageous person, but I've done a lot of things that people go, oh, wow, that was so brave. You're so courageous. And I go, Nah, I just didn't really think about it. <laughs> I didn't realize. I remember one time I went to a lawyer with a situation. I was getting ready to get into a situation, and a friend of mine's a lawyer, and I said, I said, man, nothing go wrong with this. What could happen? He goes, well, how about this? What if the guy declares bankruptcy? What if he dies? What if oh this? My gosh. What if and he starts listing these 20 things that could go wrong. I go, oh, man, I never even thought of any of those. Lawyers you are know? trained to think of all the things Everything, that could go wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it was like, but I, but I'm just sort of like, ah, nothing go wrong. What's, what's going to happen here? Yeah. And I mean, that's a blessing to you, right? Because a lot of times people sit around, you know, the will of God, they think the, you know, this is the will of God. So I really need to think it through. And there's a yeah. quote I, I love in the book, Reinhard Bonnke once said, those who forever seek the will of God are overrun by those who do it. Who are doing it. Yeah. yeah so it's like, you're like, you're like out there uh, doing it. You're like, why do, what, how did you just, I mean, how did you come to the conclusion? It was the time. You're like, I didn't even think about it. I yeah. just did it. Yeah. Yeah. That's sometimes it's a gift, yeah. It, it is sometimes, and because uh, again, you know, because and some of it, I look at it like this: it takes. If I feel like it's the Lord saying do it, then I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. If you know, once I'm, once I'm, mm-hmm. you know, eighty percent, seventy, I'm never hundred percent sure it's the Lord. You know, you always kind of so you take a little step. You don't have to test the depth of the water with both feet. You know, stick stick in and see if it works. But to me, it takes a lot more courage to disobey when you're at that point than to obey. Mm. Because you know, fear is all about loss. Yes, I'm gonna lose this. It's it's that's the key thing. I'm gonna lose something. I'm gonna lose it. To me, the greatest thing I fear is losing the blessing of the Lord in my life, the peace, the presence, the joy, all that stuff. I mean, I know He's never gonna leave me. He's never gonna abandon me, whether I obey or disobey. But I'm not gonna have that abundant life that He promised if I'm not going where He tells me to go and doing what He tells me to do. Yeah, or you could. List, it's one of those things where what do they say at the end of life? Uh, they the, the the big three regrets of people at the end of life they do with palliative care and stuff like that. That one of the things that people say is, "I wish I would have taken more risks. I wonder what could have been." Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be the worst possible thing to wonder what could have been if I had embraced this adventure that was put in front of me, rather than running or trying to push it away. Yeah. What could have been? Uh, you know, you talked you talk about the loss thing, and so if you've hung out with me for more than about thirty five seconds, um, I've talked about the triangle, right? And the triangle is what my book Love Slows Down is based on, and in here, in this chapter, I specifically talk about how all fear is rooted in a fear of three losing three specific things: uh, fear of, of of not getting or losing security, and that may be financial security, you know, physical, actual physical security, or emotional security, and depending on your personality and your past history, your background, stuff that's happened to you, uh, that may be a sensitive one for you. So you're always looking out. 
anything fear related to you is related to your security. The second one is uh, connection. We're you know we're all made to have connection with others, and a lot of people their their greatest fears are the connection thing. Like, am I going to feel seen? Am I going to feel valued or heard, accepted or loved? And so what they'll do is, out of hoping to av- avoid those things, you know they won't. You know, if I do this, my family might reject me, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Nobody in our family has ever done anything like this. And so you, out of fear of that, of, of disapproval from the family, disapproval is a big one for the connection people. Um, that's a super sensitive one. And then the third one is this idea of, of a, a sense of control or empowerment. And uh, it, it's the ability to make your own choices. And if you think about that, God gave us all those things in the Garden of Eden. We had perfect security. I mean, no no sin. Everything was good. Garden right. of Eden, Adam uh-huh. and Eve, do whatever you want. Perfect connection. God walked with him in the cool of the day, it says. I mean, they literally perfect connection to the Father and then a sense of empowerment. He said, go do whatever you want. You got control of the place. Uh-huh. Just don't do this one thing. As soon as they did, it was the first emotion they felt, fear. And it's fear because they they all of a sudden realized they were separated from the perfect source of security, connection, and control, and that was God's love. And really, I mean, it sounds so hippie and new age and Beatles, but all we really need is love. Uh, but you do need that perfect love. And that's what's fascinating too. There's a, there's this verse where in Frachana it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. So in some ways you have to kind of bracket your fears. You have to say, what do I fear more? Um, being disconnected from the love of God or you know, through this fear, like I'm, life nor, we, we know that neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities, things present, things separate, come, uh-huh. separate us from the love of God. But oftentimes we have to go, you know, that's what I think the fear of the Lord is. Uh, you can have a really misunderstanding of the fear of the Lord is like, he's going to come and pounce on me. But I think the fear is right, this. Yeah. I don't want to stand before him one day and and go, oh, what could yeah. have been? And I mean, all indications are there's levels of reward in heaven based on our obedience on earth. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Right. Um, you're it, Once the, the deal is sealed, you're in the kingdom. Because of Jesus, you get into heaven. But our actions based on that are what... Re- our rewards in heaven are based on. I mean, Paul talks about that in the judgment seat where we're going to stand before him and, and we're going to be rewarded. And some stuff we're going to see, that wasn't really worth it. It's going to be consumed by the fire. Yeah, yeah but other things you go, wow, that's like pure gold. And I think mm-hmm. our courage, our willingness to step out in faith when God asks us to do something is one of those things that's going to be that pure gold that emerges in that day of, of, uh, of, of the judgment seat. And again, it's yeah. not a judgment under condemnation because right. there's no condemnation. But it's a judgment under reward. It's like somebody saying, oh, now you get this reward, you get this. And I think that's where fear is an interesting thing because the fear of the Lord is recognizing one day I'm going to stand before God and he's going to go, hey, buddy, what'd you do with all that stuff I gave you? And if you hedged your bets, you played it safe like the the, the guy with the talents. He buried his talent, you know, and the other guys doubled their money. And he's like, well, I knew you were a hard taskmaster, so I buried it. And he's like, why didn't you at least throw it in the bank and get a little interest for me? Like, And it says... He says this guy's thrown into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And we've always learned that that's not hell. Weeping and gnashing of teeth is a, is a Hebrewism for a place of regret. And I think that's the, the thing you have to kind of size up your fears. Like it, what I fear more than this thing that's threatening my future or my peace or my security or my connection or control is one day God going, ah, yeah. what could have been for you, man? What could have yeah. been if you would have trusted me in this moment? Yeah, I, yeah, I think same thing. The fear of the Lord, we we tend to, uh, you know, either go to the one extreme where it's like, oh, he's going to beat me over the head and destroy me, f- lightning bolts from heaven. Yeah, or the other is, oh, it's just this awesome love and respect for, it. and not. And I think it is. It's kind of like, it's not. You don't want to disappoint your dad. Mm. You know, yeah, I mean, fear of disappointing dad. dad. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of what it is. You know, it's like I don't want to disappoint dad. I want to stand before him and. 
the greatest thing I long for and look for is for him to say, well done, well done. And, and to miss that is sort of the fear of the Lord. It's like, as you said, I think that if you were to define the fear of the Lord, it's recognizing and remembering that every day I'm going to stand before him and give him an account for every idle word, thought, action, deed. Mm. I'm going to stand before him. So there is a, but so if I stand, again, looking at it as an earthly father, if I stand before my dad and realize one day I'm going to give an account for that, but I realize he loves me. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I'm not really worried about what he's going to say. Is, oh, you didn't do this. You didn't do but I don't want him to be disappointed and say, oh, wow, I really yeah. had another plan. All the you. resources that could have, you do, yeah. you had no clue what could have come with your courage to step out if in this you had place. Done that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that's what, that really, it's that understanding the fear of the Lord will overcome. Well, it says the fear of the Lord will deliver you from the fear of man. The fear of the Lord is, there's all kinds of passages on the fear of the Lord. Just look it up in your Strong's Concordance there, fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's always positive. It delivers us from evil. It delivers us from the snares of man. We get we get trapped by man if we're dealing with the fear of man, but fear of the Lord will deliver us from those traps. Yeah. And so it's a very, very positive thing. And if I have that fear of the Lord, then courage kind of comes naturally because my greatest fear is I don't want to disappoint dad. So let's go ahead and do this. What if it what if it doesn't work? What if you haven't calculated it all? Okay, well I fall flat on my face, or I love Romans fourteen, it says this. Uh, every servant stands or falls before his own master. Are you going to fall flat on your face? You're going to stand. But it goes on and says, and he will stand. Mm. Why? Because you're because the Lord is able to make him stand. And so any standing I do isn't based on my mm. calculations or my thinking it through or my planning and all that. Yeah. I mean, there's a place for that. You know, Proverbs yeah. talks about it. But it's not the success is based on the Lord is able to make me stand. Yes, which and is a it's a really that. great point, and and I think so. One of the st- stories I tell in there is I, I you know I talk about how you moved our family to Guatemala, basically in the middle of a civil war. They didn't know who the good guys were, the bad guys were. Kids were getting kidnapped and taken yeah, into the army. Bad time. And I think uh, you know a lot of well-meaning people said, "Rick, what are you doing, brother?" I love you. I'm grateful that you want to serve the Lord, but what are you doing? I think my grandpa at first was kind of not super thrilled about it. You're taking my grandkids away. But I think about how your act of courage really instilled something in me watching your act of courage. And I think one of the most important things you can look at too is you say, I have no idea what my one act of courage could mean for future generations. Mm -hmm. And your act of courage, I mean, what it instilled in all of us, we saw that. I mean, you've got two, yay, three entrepreneurs in your family. Uh, we just saw that there's there's something greater than security and and protecting your own uh, own uh, resources and assets. Mm-hmm. There's something bigger than that. And it really pushed us out. And, you know, we've got to come to our own angle on it. But yeah. I think that was an example for a lot of us. And uh, I mean, I know it was, was for me, but it's, an, it's so wild that, you know, it, there's a guy named Roy Williams. He says, opportunity and security are inversely proportionate. As one increases, the other must decrease. High returns are gained from low-risk strategies only through the passage of time. If you want to cheat time, you have to embrace embrace risk. Mm, yeah. And I think about what that did for us watching you. You know, We were scared too. You walked it through with us. But I think about, in terms of legacy, the great legacies aren't that we protected our, ourselves. The great legacy we leave with our kids is dad poured it all. He left it all in the field. And we see that, and that's an example for us. And of course, obviously... Sometimes, you know, your kids are impacted by that. But if you're walking them through those acts of courage and guiding them and saying, look, I'm, I'm not sure what we're doing here either. I think one of the big mistakes people make is when they're afraid, uh, again, not acknowledging the fear even to their kids. And the kids are afraid. We're like, yeah. we shouldn't be, there's no reason for you to be afraid. 
well, there is reason for you to be afraid. This could really go south in a hurry, but we're trusting something greater than that, which is the essence of what I think courage really is. Well, that's funny because like I said, I don't really see that as being a courageous movement. It would have been, it would have taken more courage for me to disobey when I felt like we were to go to Guatemala. Well, the only, I mean, the, the, the cowardly thing to do is to obey. I mean, Mm. mean, not cowardly, but the only logical common sense thing is to obey. It would have taken great courage. I think a Jonah, (laughs) courage, stupidity, I'm not sure which caused him to get on that (laughs) ship, but he, he chose not to obey and God eventually brought him around, but I didn't want to get there in the belly of a fish stinking like, uh, you know, rotten fish. I'd rather get there on my own two feet, you know? And so to me, it's just the most common sense thing Mm. to obey and whether it's courage or not. I, and maybe it's a faith. It's sort of a correlated with a, okay, which I believe God's going to bring this about. Somehow. Which is where you and I are a lot different too, because one of the things I talk about in the book is irrational fear. And I, this is what's challenging. If you've had irrational fear, which I've had struggled with fear my whole life. If you haven't had that, you don't get it. But so what happens with irrational fear is like, you know, it's irrational. People are like, look at the facts. Yeah. You're not going to get run over by a bus. And you're like, but I know but. the problem with irrational fear is it's not rational. So you can't use rational facts to out rationale my irrational fear. There has to be something stronger. And that's where I love that verse where it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. You literally have to replace even irrational fear and say, this is a completely irrational fear and I know it, but it's not going away. But when you lean into fact saying, you know what, but I know that there's something bigger going on here. You, you, again, you know, you'll never become fearless. But I'm convinced you can fear less. And the way you fear less, and this is psychology 101, is when you find something you fear, the only way to beat it is to face the thing you fear in small doses. Um, One of my greatest fears was getting cancer. And when I got melanoma last year, we we dealt with it, we faced it. uh, God ultimately healed me from it. But it's funny because now when I think about it, that fear is just not quite as potent anymore because I went through the process of that. And now, God forbid, I get it again. I don't want to get it again. Yeah, yeah. But it's not this thing that keeps me up. I'm like, you know what? When we get there, I'll have what I need to get through it. And it's one of those things that you don't become fearless, but you can fear less. Fear can lose its hold on you. When you face the very thing you fear in small doses, it builds strength. And that's, I mean, that's what they call it in vivo desensitization. If somebody's afraid to cross a bridge, you take them, you watch, let them watch somebody crossing the bridge a little bit. Then you take them, and you cross a little bit of the bridge and then walk back. And you just slowly, hey, look, we walked halfway over the bridge and came back and you didn't die. Yeah, it's true. And then you take a little bit further. It's, it's like an, an inoculation. Like, like an immunization. Exactly. Yeah, you, yeah, a little bit of the thing that could kill you gets in your arm, but it's slowly your body builds resistance to it. And that's where the, the power of stepping forward and facing your fears, you just got to learn to do it afraid. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, uh, and my side of it is more, you know, okay, I'm trusting God's going to work this thing out and he's going to bring it about. And yeah, there may be some rough times in the middle, but ultimately, again, we're not living mm-hmm. for now. We're living for then, not for this day, but for that day. Yes. So the book's Connecting the Dots. It is available for pre-order. It's coming out March the 14th. Uh, we're This is our section on courage. Next, we talk about the uh, the guide that shows up for every hero and shows them along the way. So uh, check out the book, pre-order it if this has been a blessing. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Please consider sharing this with your friends on the platform of your choice. For more from Joelle Malm, visit joellemalm.com. For more from Rick Malm, visit rickmalm.com. Our podcast music was produced by Alex Burleson.